Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Welcome to the Dork Forest. This is Jackie Cation. I am your host of the Dork Forest. The website's JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com, which leads you back to JackieCation.com. Uh, the credits are Mike Rickberg. He composed and sang the song you just heard at the beginning of the show. He will uh, sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio, and Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com. There are many things to talk about. First and foremost, you should buy my new album. It's called I Am Not the Hero of This Story, and I'm not the hero of this ad for my new album. It's uh, pretty good. It's real fun. You can listen to it on Amazon and iTunes if you're some sort of membership. You can listen to it free on Spotify and Pandora and all the things. But you could also buy uh, buy it on those those platforms for download. You can buy a hard copy on my website on the merch page. And if you just want a download code and you're in another country, email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com. I will send you a picture of a download card with a code and you could PayPal me 10 bucks and that'll save you 10 bucks. Or you can just buy it for 10 bucks uh, from iTunes. Fascinating. Anyway, there are many ways to support the show. One of them is the Amazon banner at JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com. And all that is, is it's a portal to Amazon. If you order from Amazon, you use that portal from one of the websites. You order as normal, doesn't cost you extra, but the Dork Forest gets a kickback. Another way to do it would be to support the show directly with PayPal, uh, with the PayPal button. You just PayPal me some money if you have money to donate, and I would appreciate that. Some people don't like PayPal. They've been donating via Venmo, and that is just by using my email address, Jackie at JackieCation.com. Other than that, you could get merch if you like stuff. I have two different Dork Forest t-shirts. There is a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt, which is black. There is a green Dork Forest t-shirt with the logo. They're both American-made here in the United States, and they're union-made, so they run big because they're made here in America, by Americans. You could also get any of my CDs, the new one, and all the older ones, and also my DVD. This will make an excellent Horcrux. Everything's available digitally. You can even download the DVD over at ComedyFilmNerds.com on their download page. Uh, this week, I am doing sets in Los Angeles. You can always find out where I'm performing at my calendar page on JackieCation.com. You can follow me on all of the social medias at JackieCation. And you can, there's a fan page for The Dork Forest and my stand-up on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Dork Forest. Or there's a ranger page where you can interact with other rangers at, um, and I think it's just called Dork Forest Rangers. And other than that, The Dork Forest is part of an umbrella, a bunch of, a group of podcasts called All Things Comedy. Dot com And there's a bunch of other podcasts if you're ever looking for podcasts. Uh, go over there and wander around. Other than that, I have another podcast over on Nerdist called The Jackie and Lori Show, where we just uh, talk a lot about stand-up comedy. But let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm back in my living room, and I'm with a, a previous guest, friend of the show, Scott Rogers, Mighty Bedbug. How's it treating you? Uh, excellent. I, uh... Nope. Your uh, mic isn't on. Oh. 
I, uh, there we are. My there mic is on. There, your mic is on. <laughs> hi, Scott Rogers. Professional as always. Yes. Uh, hi. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Hi. It's great to be here. Uh, I mean, I'm here a lot as it is. So it's <laughs> you're around. Yeah, and I'm around. So you you have you have made any number of board games that have been published. No, actually, there's a actually finite number. none. No? I've, I've made no board games that have been published. Okay, you've sold several board games that are going to be published. No, I have not. Once again, no. Oh, uh, no, I've made many video games then, that have been published. Right, I think Andy's bragging you up. He is bragging without me up. Without any sort of information. Without yeah, he is. All of the- Andy is my best publicity agent, uh, <laughs> if you want to contact me right. through Andy Ashcraft. At, you should totally. It's yeah. Andy Dutt, whatever. No, I, I do have a few games that I'm talking to publishers with, Okay, but none of them are done deals except for this one. This one, which yeah. is Ray Guns and Rocket Ships. This is Ray Guns and Rocket Ships. And, it's and you got a, you, you got a Kickstarter going for it. April 19th, the Kickstarter yep. starts. I think it goes for about three weeks, but Should don't go quote to, me on that. Okay, so well. That goes till about May 10th or so, I believe. Okay, and so what, ha- what people should do is just go to Kickstarter and there'll be a link. I'll yeah. put a link on the thing. Um, that, uh, to, and look for Ray Guns and Rocket Ships yeah. and Scott now, Rogers. Yeah, Scott now, Rogers. now it is going to eventually be commercially sold. It's coming yep. out in the fall, but I don't have an actual date for that yet. But essentially, the Kickstarter part of the reason why we're doing it, they're like, well, you know, why are you going to Kickstarter if you if you if, you uh, if it's already it. coming out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the the reasoning is this: Kickstarter is like the equivalent of buying television time, mm. and you know, there's no other real good way to advertise a board game out there. And Kickstarter is huge for board yeah, games, right? Yeah, People it is. Love the, it is the largest. Like yeah, it's the largest. Um, like their best selling thing like the the anything that funds really well it's usually in board games right and tabletop games yeah yeah all but all sort of pen and paper not video games not well video games do pretty well too but the ones that have like crushed their a lot of their big records yeah um were exploding kittens which made like eight million dollars wow and then there was um I don't know. There's another one that made like three million dollars i forget what that one was but then kingdom death which is like this crazy Board game RPG game made like twelve million dollars. Wow! Yeah, which is and so and it's just people giving you thirty bucks at a pop saying, well, "I would like a copy of this game." In the in the case of Kingdom Death, it was like more like three hundred to a thousand. People and, were giving three hundred to a thousand to get a board game. Well, the the core board game is two hundred dollars, which is oh, pretty Jesus. spendy. Well, Kingdom Death is a, a very it's an exception to the rule. They are like a boutique. Yeah, it sounds like it. They're like the what Apple store of board games. Okay. Um, it's just fascinating. This guy, this guy named Adam Poot. He lives in New York and he makes miniatures and he was like, oh, I want to make this game. And this game, like the first time he funded it, it made like about a million and a half or two million dollars. Okay. And they started getting really amazing reviews and people are like, oh, my God, this is like the most amazing game ever. What was the game? It's called Kingdom Death Monster. Okay. And it is um, it's kind of like Descent where you build like a you, you have like a map of the environment and you have these miniatures and your part of it is like a boss fight. So okay. you fight. You essentially, you wake up naked in the middle of this weird world where there's nothing but faces uh, for the ground, okay. and you have a lantern. And you're like, "Where the hell am I?" And then all of a sudden, I don't know where this giant lion comes and tries to murder you. And so you have to fight. Where you like essentially pick up a rock off the ground and try to beat the lion to death. And it's a video game? No, no, it's a board game. It's a board game. Yeah, it's a board game. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, now I do want to play. Yeah, this. and yeah. Then, oh, don't worry, I'll be getting one in June. We'll, okay. we'll play it. All right. Um, but essentially, you fight the lion, and and the big thing that everybody kind of is like shocked by is that you can like knock off different parts of the monsters. You fight it, so you can knock off its arm, or you can knock off its nuts, or something right, right. like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you take those parts back to your little village. <laughs> 
right? So you've got sure. you've got lion parts, and you go back to your village, and where like a bunch of other survivors are kind of hanging out. Um, they're survivors, but really they're just spare people because you die <laughs> a lot in this game. Like essentially, they're extra lives. Okay. And so as you build your village, uh, you use you know, hey, we're gonna mash up these brains from this lion, and we're gonna yeah. use it as a paste, and that paste is a healing salve. So the next time we go out on a fight, we have some stuff we can heal as we're fighting, or well, we're weird. gonna take the claws and we're gonna. So you don't beat you don't beat the boss. You just well, you kill it, and then you parts. gut it. Like you use all the parts, like the American Indians do, Aww, right? And it's shucks. like we're gonna use the claws <laughs> and the tail. And to make the, armor, yeah, and we're make, yeah, you make uh, armor and you and make weapons, healings, yeah, okay. yeah. And so then you go back out and and they're like, all right, now we're gonna go kill this screaming antelope, which is like this antelope with its guts hanging open, right? And it's weird and and does all these weird attacks, and and essentially so you the, keep going back, and yeah, forth yeah. And there's doing more that. monsters, but the but the monsters ramp, so there's difficulty levels. I mean, it really is like. His inspiration was video games. Yeah. And so like a lot of the really good mechanisms that you find in video games, uh, he applied to this board game. So it's a very interesting it's, – it's a very post – it's like a post-video game board game, right? Like, nice. Like you know how board games – they've been around forever. I mean yep. first of all, they've been around since like 9000 AD, right? right. Like backgammon or, and stuff like that. Sure. They're super old. But then there's like modern board games, and I'm using finger quotes, yes. like Monopoly and Life. And like those are still from Don't like – Don't forget about the shitty version of Parcheesi yeah, that, of course. that haunted our childhood. But, but like Parcheesi though is super old, like chess, right, yeah. or checkers. But like then you had like Life and like – Oh, Parcheesi is super old? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yes. so Monopoly and, Monopoly and Life Monopoly is different. like the turn of the 19th or 20th century. Okay. Right? So then we got all that crap we grew up with that yeah. was like roll and move, right, and, yeah. and garbage <laughs> gameplay. So and then in about the 80s – No offense, no offense, Hasbro, okay. uh, or USopoly, or whoever else makes Monopoly. Yeah. Um, so then in the uh, 80s or so, um, actually, it was Dungeons & Dragons was kind of like the big bomb that went off in tabletop gaming. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, everybody's like, hey, games can be about something other than uh, World War II or Napoleonic Wars or abstract things moving around. Yeah. And so they started to apply theme to it, like more stories. And more than just light, like before it was all licensed stuff, like James Bond or Batman or... Do you or, remember, do you know what game I liked when I was a kid was this thing called Masterpiece? Yeah. And it was about... Mastermind uh, or Masterpiece? Master. It was a, It was an art... Oh, yeah. It's an art I, card I, game, I know, I know and, and you'd, you'd get values for each of the art things, but some of them would be forgeries. You know, so it was whatever. You know, it was one of the games I played when I was a kid. Huh. You ever play Authors? No. It was a lousy game. Essentially, <laughs> but you, got you a, loved it? No, well, I kinda, okay. I, it made me smarter, so I liked it. Okay. It was a card where yeah, on the front was a picture of Edgar Allan Poe. Right. And then on the back were like some of his famous works. Okay. So you had to essentially guess. All right, name three books. Oh, they were flashcards. Yeah, they were, they were flashcards, <laughs> right? But it was disguised as a board game. Right. That was like the kind of crap that was out there when I was a kid. Although there were some other cool ones. Like my other favorite one was called Voice of the Mummy. Okay. Voice of the Mummy, you were a little Indiana Jones guy walking around the ziggurat. Yeah. And you'd pick up these gems. And in the middle was this mummy, but hidden underneath it was an old-timey record player. Okay. Like, you know, those. remember those little yeah. tiny ones? And so you would press it, and the mummy would be like, uh, the voice of the mummy is going to destroy <laughs> you, and and if you touch my gem, you will burst into flames. Actually, it wasn't that cool, but you would like it was essentially. But like, it was an actual back. tiny like yeah, idiot a, re- record yeah, player. Yeah, it was a yeah, little I record player, right? Yeah. And it would and it would have different tracks, and it would order boss you around, and you had to do what the voice of the mummy did, said. Yep. And if you didn't, you <laughs> you went back down to the bottom of the ziggurat, and everybody was sad. Yeah, but it was a it was a it was a nice device. Yeah, it was awesome. It was the deck. 
Technology. You ever see Hamlet 2? <laughs> anyway, so. Because Techno- Hamlet 2 was a time machine. Anyway, gotcha. so it's a right. bad movie. Anyway, I liked it, but it was terrible. <laughs> um, write that down in notes. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, but the really thing that I, like myself growing up on board games, is I love the toy nature of board games. Like right, I, you like the toy value, oh God, right? Or, yes, absolutely. So did, does this Kingdom Death monster guy, well, does he have dudes? Well, they're miniatures, yeah. yeah. So, they're, But they're these gorgeously made miniatures. Like Because now we're living in the age of 3D rendering, right? Yeah. So they make these models on computer and they can detail them to the nth degree and make them beautiful. And then just print the heck and out then of they them, print the, Well, then they print them out and the quality is like you get very little resolution loss. So so if you go online and look at these figures and then what's even, what's even better slash worse about it is that they come unpainted. Okay. So, but then that means that really super talented people can paint them. Yeah. And there's like, uh, like paint, painting miniatures. Like when I was a kid, it was like slap some red on, slap some skin on, slap right. some silver for the sword. All right. Hey, look, mom, look what a good job I did. Yep. But nowadays it's like, it's an, it's an art form. And I know professional there's, painters. And yeah. I think just, Chris Mancini was talking about how with some Kickstarters, that can be, th- those can be ad- yeah. add ons or something at the yeah. end of it. We're not doing that for my game. No, not for your game, but it, <laughs> which is good because he said that's it. It feels a little, it, it kind of irritates him, even oh, though he ends up buying stuff, the add ons. He's like, he'll end up buying stuff, but he's like, ah, oh, why isn't it just part of the, right, part and, of the game? Yeah. And then, um, he said, and you can p- spend like 20 bucks to have them painted, or you can spend like a grand right. to have them painted. And it's the difference between, you know, Michelangelo doing it and right. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so ray guns and rocket ships, though, that has pretty good toy value. If well, I remember oh, correctly, it's got great right? toy value. Well, it's, so first of all, it's got, uh, here she's digging in the box. Yeah, there's so, dudes. So all the dudes are actually um, they come free colored. Yeah. Because when I one of the things I really I love vintage toys. I love vintage uh, science fiction. I love. Yeah, this th- has this fifties kind of. Oh, thirties. Nineteen thirty six is my year for Reagan's around. Oh, is that it? It's very much yeah, very much like. If it's 1936, that's what I, that's my target. Foam House of Tomorrow. Nice well, work. <laughs> well, well, even earlier, it's Flash Gordon, it's Buck Rogers. Okay. It's all the stuff that, you know, like the stuff that inspired George yeah, yeah. Lucas to do Star Wars, right? Right. And, and, and when you say inspire. Well, anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. that, yeah, you can say inspire. <laughs> um, but one of the other inspirations for me, uh, there were some toys from the 50s that were made by a company called Marks, and they had this whole great line called Space Patrol. Yeah. Space Patrol were these little plastic spacemen and aliens. And I, they like would reprint them over the years. And, uh, you know, I had army men and I had pirates. And every once in a while, I'd come across like these little Space Patrol guys. I'm like, these guys are really cool too, you know, so I can have space. And this was before Star Wars action figures, right? So, right. So I was playing Star so, Wars, but with Space Patrol guys. Right. And oh, did they just have like those roundy helmet things? They didn't have anything. They were just plastic dudes like, like army men. Oh, they but, were like army men, but, but they were supposedly in space. But they were space and they were bright colors. So rather okay. than being green, they were reds and purples. Purples and pinks and things like that. Okay, brighter. And so, so my guys in my game, uh, one of the things that I, when I was working with my publisher, who's IDW Games, hi guys, um, I told them, you know, I, it's really important for me to, when you walk by and look at my game, that it looks like you're playing with a bunch of these figures from 1950s, you know, the, these yeah. Marks guys. So here I'm dumping out a whole bunch for Jackie. And there's at. a rocket. And there's a rocket so ship. A cool and rocket there ship. are guys with ray guns. And guys with backpacks and jetpacks. Yep, and- jetpacks, yep. And then we have, so we have four different, in the game, there's four different, uh, what I call factions. They're, they're planeteers. Uh, <laughs> the planeteers. Yeah, they're planeteers. Right. Uh, and there are four different factions of planeteers. Uh, there are um, the okay. Astro Rangers. 
Uh, so these Which are those are, these wait, red are, guys. Is this the rocket red guys or yeah. the Astro Rangers? Yeah, those are the Astro Rangers. And these Cthulhu like, uh, those, squid dudes? Yeah, so the you got those monsters you're looking at, those are the Blarg. Uh, they are... Not um, the Blarg. Yeah, they're the Blarg. <laughs> the Blarg they're, have come. They're, the, um, they're like uh, sentient brains uh, on mechanical pants uh, <laughs> and Cyclopean, of course, and have okay. horrible mind powers. Then we have, oh, this guy's a little, uh, he's the Star Pirates. Uh, oh, so Star these guys, Pirates. Yeah, oh, they, my, got, they have swords. Yeah, they've got swords, so you sword and, fight. And a nice long coat. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't know? Well, a, 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 the captain oh, wears the cape. Right? Captain wears a cape. Yeah, although, although this right. captain has a crown, and then she doesn't have a cape. She's just she's fast. Excellent. Uh, and then we have uh, the fourth planetary faction uh, are the Zard. I'm opening this up there. Right. Sure. Uh, and then there seems to be a fifth. Uh, yeah, those are. I'll talk about those in a second. Yeah. But the fourth one of the Zard. These purple. are lizard guys. Purple lizard guys. Oh, slee stacks. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah or like lizard men from D and D. They got. That. They got tails. Yep. They got tails. They can whip with their tails, and they have claws. They can claw their way into the ship. And, and they have their own ship. Yep. They have their, their own, own ship. It looks kind of. Oh, like... so each each set has their own kind of ship. Yeah, yeah. So the so, so this the, one kind of looks like a start. The 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 squid dudes kind of look like, and that's not what they're called. What are they called? The blarg. The blarg. Uh, they have more of a Star Trekky looking ship. Yeah, they have a saucer. Yeah, uh, and then. And there's, then there's right. a – so the gameplay, the way you play it is that you've got a couple of different boards. You've got one board that you put in the middle. This is the star map. Yep. Uh, so here we have uh, – we put our rocket ships on our star map. Yep. And we're going to use cards to fly these around. So if you've ever played – have you played Robo Rally yet? Nope. Okay. You should play that. It's fun. Uh, Robo Rally is this game where you program robots and you move them around this maze. You're trying to get out of the maze. Okay. Um, I really like the way it made – Things move like yeah. a little um, unpredictable. So I oh, wanted the randomness. Yeah, to it? yeah, there's a randomness to it. So I wanted the spaceships to feel really big, almost like submarines or like pirate ships or something. Okay. And so the I found that by having you program in movement. So essentially, you you pick three cards, and these are the cards that you're going to use for the next few turns. Oh. So you program, and you say, all right, I'm moving my ship forward. But of course, you could move your ship forward, and then we're like, oh, now we're oh, in range of no. each other. And the facing matters because it's like the guns are along the sides of the ship. Right, Although right. the advantage of the Blarg ship being a saucer, you can fire right. in a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different directions, right? Crazy so, Blargs. So you, you, line up your, uh, you line up your ships, and you fire, blast away at each other, and mm-hmm. you do damage. And then you also have a little map that's the inside of your ship. Okay, so with your only, dudes in it. Yeah, so your dudes are on your ship inside. So you've got miniatures of your dudes on the inside of your ship, and you've got a miniature of your ship out in outer space. And you can run these guys around, and there's ter- tokens that you can put down that are guns to give them better uh, odds for shooting. This is cool. <laughs> Thank I don't you. Know. And you know what? Because <laughs> uh, Andy said that he it is fun, and he really likes this game. But I was like, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And, well, um, why would you? Why would I? Because I haven't got I haven't had a chance to sit around and yeah. play board. You've been but, too busy working. Doing I've been dork, working. Dork forest. But I'll t- and, yes, and uh, the lucrative world of the dork forest. <laughs> Don't forget to donate, folks. Right, of course. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so what are the other ones? Oh, so so you've got these. So everybody's got a ship, right? Everybody's so put, got the internal. So you part put of their your ships, ship. right? So so you got your thing. Of course, you would do it on a slightly bigger table than this. Sure. We're, we're on this one folds little... out. Did I tell? Oh, did Andy tell you that we just the, bought a a new coffee version. table that rises up and then folds uh, out into a gaming table? It's like being in space. <laughs> it um, was a deal too. It's awesome. He's pretty psyched about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, so you put your guys on it, and then there's different functions in in the ship. So, for example, oh, you can board other ships. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the best part. So you get into the airlock here, and uh, there's the crew have like uh, tokens that you spend to give them different moves and things like that, right? Right. So you spend your token, and you get out of the ship, uh, and now you're in outer space. 
and you use your jetpacks because that's why all these guys have jetpacks. Yeah. They fly around. You can move them around. and they But they can also fight in outer space, right? So here are fighting in zero G while these ships are shooting at each other. And then the best part, the part everybody likes, is you get next to the ship and you if you make a successful attack, now I can come on, on the enemy ship and I can start fighting everybody inside their ship and I can start busting stuff up. And, like, and you can kill them individually. Oh, yeah. You can kill Sweet. them individually. And essentially you play until like a predetermined number of points. Yep. And then once somebody hits that number of points, you do one more round so everybody gets a chance right. to kill each other. And catch up. Uh, yeah, catch up. And then that's the end of the game. It's, uh, it's just a game about really pissed off space people wanting to kill each other. <laughs> Fantastic. And what's the blue team? Ah, so the blue are uh, the characters that we're going to have on Kickstarter. Now I'm not 100% sure yet what they're, if they're going to just be exclusive or they're going to be what's called stretch goals. So stretch goals um, oh, are right. these incentives to get people. Like to... if you hit a certain yeah, point, yeah, yeah, then yeah. everybody gets an extra set of dudes. Exactly. It's like a telethon or, or something, right? Yeah. Um, so the so these are uh, mercenary captains because the game itself. Mercenary if... captain has a hat with feathers in oh, it. We'll talk... Oh, no, it's Why? not feathers. Well, Those are not feathers? He's a rabbit. Oh, he has an actual rabbit. He's an actual rabbit. Uh, yes, he's a giant, giant is... anthropomorphic rabbit. And we have a werewolf guy. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and we have a giant boxing robot. Is that uh, a boxing robot? Yeah, he's the battle and box. He was, used to be the galaxy's heavyweight champion, and now he's a mercenary captain. He looks kind of like Frankenstein. He does a little, or a little like Rock'em Sock'em robots, sure. right, or that kind of thing. And or uh, or a robot man, if you know the Doom Patrol. Sure. Right. A lot. A lot of my loves are poured into these uh, characters. Yeah, so yeah. Why all my all be? my influences. And everybody, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is you've been on twice before, and right. your dorkdoms. Uh, it is a it is a diamond. Oh, we have. Uh, there's uh, a facet. We for haven't gotten into anywhere anywhere. Near. Yeah. yeah, anything. So, 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 so these characters will be uh, most likely stretch goals. So, as you uh, people hopefully spend money on this, and yeah, I think the MSRP is going to be like seventy four ninety nine. But MSRP, you, uh, the cost of the game. Oh, uh, right, right. The, the so, so if people donate seventy-five bucks. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't know if they're. It's probably that, and they'll probably throw in shipping. I don't know. I'm not. Don't quote me on that yet, because the thing hasn't started, and until the thing starts, that's exactly. It's set in stone here, you guys. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, you're good. We're playing Everybody's, on a little, things are sometimes a little fast and loose in the board game world, but and uh, uh, and and the Kickstarter world because there's a. I mean, there's. How, what, what are there? Seven guys in each in each group. Well, there's seven or so five, there's, six guys in a ship. There's six guys and a captain. Uh, the oh. captain has special abilities. He's kind of like they're kind of like the queen in chess. And okay, then you, and then you get then a, a ship. ship. So there's eight miniatures per faction, so and at that, least four factions. Right, there so, are four factions to start out with. So you're going to get like thirty. So this is a hundred dollar board game. Well, but is, it's seventy four bucks. It's not right. A, yeah. so, right, it could be. And if there's a lot of cardboard, there's tokens, and there's also um, there's card sets. Yeah, and there's, there's dice. There's you get four and dice, dice and, and then there's also captain cards that have um, unique abilities on them. So yeah, and they're two sided. So like if you're like uh, I'm gonna play, uh, let's see, let's I'll just grab one of these here. Where are they? In here somewhere? My fingernails are not working. But let's say uh, we grab. Um here we go. Count Ventura. He's the pirate captain. So you have one side. Count Ventura. Yeah, Count Ventura. He's the swashbuckling space captain pirate. Mm -hmm. And on one side, he is a really good um, gunner. So like he can fire cannons really well. But on the other side, he's a really good swordsman. So that way you can say, oh, I like the swordsman guy version better. Or okay, so ranged attack versus uh, yeah, yeah, distance hand -to -hand. attack, right? Yeah. So each of the captains have a two-sided card, so you can technically play this game eight times and get a different experience uh, each time, which isn't bad. You know, how many times do you play a board game? No, no, that's great. Now, um, then, the, then the mercenary guys are a whole nother a single character, yeah, uh, and they come with their own. 
uh, cards as well. So if we hit all the stretch goals, um, there's, I think, another seven characters that are the mercenary captains. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then the other thing that I think she's going to be a Kickstarter exclusive, she's normally a token. We have a princess because, of course, you got to have a princess to rescue. Um, Fair enough. But, she should rescue herself. Well, that's the thing. She does, actually. <laughs> she She starts out as a prisoner, but the minute you kind of like tag her, she all of a sudden becomes arguably the best character in the game. Uh, and she can do everything the crew members can do and more. Well, how did she get into trouble? I'll uh, tell well, you how she got. She went out looking for trouble. She went out looking and, for trouble. And uh, she's going to take care of herself exactly. once she's no longer tied up. Well, the other fun thing about the – we really have fallen in love with her. Princess Persephone is the is the character. And we've kind of fallen in love with her and, and to the point where we're like, we don't want her to just be this this extra mechanism in the game. Let's give her her own character card. So she's also now a captain as well. And my favorite part about her is uh, she's, uh, she's a little hoity-toity, and so fighting is beneath her. So she doesn't fight, but she's really good at telling everybody else what to do. She delegates. Yeah, she delegates. Exactly. Yeah, that's why. That's why you go into a leadership. Exactly. So she life. is a princess. She doesn't fight, but she, you know, right. what? she's gonna she's gonna make sure that everybody does a good job and does it well, and Fair you enough. know, and all that. So so that's kind of. Oh, and then the other thing the game is going to come with. Um, are uh, episodes? Uh, they are uh, oh, little, like mods, like, well, like scenarios, little yeah. scenarios. Like so, one scenario might be, uh, hey, there's some um, secret plans that may or may not be for some sort of planet killing device. Uh, you may uh, you want to go into who's the one that holds them at the end of the game? Uh, they get extra points or something. So it's like capture the flag, or I mean, there are ten different of these scenarios. Sort of like a, a winning goal. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but we have a lot of other pieces that aren't used in the like. If you were to just do the the bread, meat, and potatoes version of the game. It's the ships, it's the miniatures, it's the dice, it's the cards. But then, on but if top you want to get fiddly as all, if heck. you want to get fiddly as all hell, we have asteroids. We have <laughs> uh, robots that you can salvage from outer space and sure. use them. Uh, we have um, uh, the data plan uh, tapes. We have the princess. Uh, we have a bunch of other fun tokens and things like that. And then the, the last thing that's in there, uh, kind of tying to my video game roots, uh, is we have an achievement chart. So as you play the game, there are certain benefits that you can get depending on how you play the game, and people essentially fight over them. Like, okay. you know, if you if you are the first guy to go into outer space, you get a benefit for that. But then the ne- the next time another player, it's their first time in outer space, they steal that benefit away from you, right? So you're fighting not only are you fighting each other. You get jaded, yeah. Once you're out in space, uh, you know. you're like, oh, I've been here, <laughs> right? It's, uh, it's exactly. like it's like going to New York, right? You're right. Like, once I you've get been it. there twice, three times, you know, it's it's I all the same. It. Once you've eaten one Nathan's dog andy bought a game that i've talked about on this show on other board game episodes that uh that i genuinely like and i've now played twice which was it's called black fleet oh yeah i saw that i saw uh, him it was uh, seven dollars right well, and it was on sale it was a hell of a deal and what you do is you play uh, a pirate ship right you play um a merchant ship right and then there are two navy ships that are communally played nice and um, and every turn, you move your pirate ship, you move your merchant ship, and you can move one of the two oh. uh, navy ships to attack other people's. That's a lot like the one where him and I are playing. That Seafall thing? Yeah, Seafall. He said that uh, Black Fleet, to some extent, is what Seafall should be, ah, which is too bad. All right, well, then we should play some Black and, Fleet. Uh, but, uh, I and and it's plus plus it's uh, finite, which right. I'm a big fan of yeah, in the world of. Yeah, you play a million times. Yeah, I've decided the pandemic. We have Risk Legacy and Pandemic Legacy. Uh, I've. I've made an executive decision that I'm unmoved uh, <laughs> at the Legacy Games. Now, have and you, did you play Risk Legacy? Yes. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, and I I like the idea, 
But the uh, scheduling commitment. It's a and, big time commitment. Yeah. And it's so much time commitment. I'm just like, I would rather just play Lord of the Rings Risk. Right. And then he also bought a Marvel Risk. He got it oh, on sale. Cool. And the Civil War one? The Civil War Oh, yeah. One. I have that too. I'm just Have you waiting. played it yet? Uh, yeah. yeah. I love the mechanic where you're like racing to get something done before the plane takes off. It's mm-hmm. got like on a runway or something. It's essentially that scene in Civil War, right. the movie, uh, that when Andy, when we were watching the movie, Andy leaned over and he said, why is this fight happening? They've already <laughs> to make the video game, and to possibly make to make game. the board game yeah, and the video course, game yeah. happen. And uh, it was that. he's worked on enough. He does stuff. well. He saw it. He uh, saw he it. Did. He saw the behind the curtain. Once you exactly. once you see the little man behind the curtain, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee so many things. So anyway, so that's Reagan's and Rocket Ships. It's yeah. coming out, uh, like I said, on Kickstarter April nineteenth, and I'm super excited because it is my first published a uh, board game and I have loved well there's two things I love about this one is I love board games I've always loved board games and so I'm super excited because when I was working on all those other video games and I've I've worked on a lot of kind of what they call triple a games like God of War and Pac-Man World and and Darksiders and Maximo and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah and I loved all those games don't get me wrong they're awesome but the minute the power goes out you have the most expensive coaster you've ever bought right a $60 right. coaster yeah yeah and and the physical part of board games is what I adore about it. I love moving little guys around. I love like games that you make little buildings or yeah. that you, you know, whatever, like, and this is, this is what a part of, not all of it, but a part of modern board gaming has in it is this, this tactile, you know, just toy factor. Yeah. Um, and so myself as a, as a game designer, I've kind of like, kind of like, I think that's where my line in the sand is going to go is like, I want to just make cool games with Cool. Like if you look at them, you're like, oh my god, that looks like you're playing with, you know, little toys. army men and toys. Yeah. yeah. And well, well, we kind of are, but we're. Yeah. But the we're, to- you know. Andy keeps he likes uh, clearly. There's a reason why you are friends, uh, because he likes the toy value of a lot of games as well. And uh, but speaking of toys, yes. Let us spend the last half hour. Oh. <laughs> We're going down this rabbit hole, are we? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the thing is, is you said that you collect Star Wars action yeah, figures. Yeah, I do. So, have you always? Yes, I have. From from because we are of an age. Yes. I believe you are younger, but um, but you saw Star Wars when it first came out. Yeah, absolutely. So, did you get? The toys then? Oh, uh, like well, when you the were like toys nine didn't exist 10? back then. That's the thing. There were no toys. So in 1977, um, uh, kind of Lucas knew that Star Wars was going to be super hot, and so he cut essentially the first best marketing deal ever cut in in the history of marketing deals right and he essentially said uh i'll you know i'll take a lower cost of other stuff but i want like controlling profit for the toys okay and everybody's like okay ha 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 george lucas sure you can have all the toys you want yeah but the, the thing was george lucas lucas knew what he was doing yeah and so he cut all these deals with um hasbro and you know everybody right he was marketing all over the place you, you know there. what else he did what did he do? american graffiti oh of course well but he had learned he got- from that he got the right. music rights to right, that. Right, yeah. yeah and, he, and then he cut in all the actors. Yeah. And so every year those guys get like crazy-ass royalty checks. Well, I've heard stories of like Mark Hamill saying every time they release a new Star Wars action figure, he gets like a case of them or something like that as part right. of his deal. Oh, wow. Right? So, uh, yeah, Carrie Fisher, before she passed, she would tell stories about like she would just give away, you know, these mint, you know, things that yeah. are now worth thousands of dollars as like right? Halloween candy. To, you know, how you want huh. you want a mint on card Boba Fett? There you go. Because you know, <laughs> what am I going to do with this, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so when I was a kid, I saw Star Wars and like every 
everybody else of a certain age that was, you know, eight, nine, ten, whatever. And alive. And alive and saw Star Wars, it blew my little lizard mind. <laughs> and I knew that from that moment on I wanted to do something Star Wars related. And and the funny thing is Ray Guns and Rocket Ships started as a video game concept. Yep. And it came about I was having a conversation with my very dear friend Hardy, who's also a video game designer, and uh he said, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about what kind of game you would make if you could ever make whatever game you wanted? And I'm like, oh, man, I would love to make a Star Wars game. And he – Hardy is like – has not bought in all the corporate bullshit like everybody else has. And he just kind of <laughs> scoffed at me and he went, dude, make your own goddamn Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought about it. And it was like it's probably one of the better pieces of advice I've ever gotten in my life. Right. And so I said, I am. I'm going to make my own damn Star Wars. And so I made Ray, Ray Guns, Guns and, and Rocket Ships, Ships as, a, as a pitch for a video game. Right. And I pitched it. But everybody was like – this is too complex. We can't make this right now. It's oh, I mean, it's I'll a bet video you could game. Ma- yeah, I'll bet you could make it now. Yeah. But back, uh, you know, back when I first pitched it, yeah. they were like, "It's it's too it's too big. It's too big. Well, it's too seamless because I wanted to go from a spaceship to outer space, back into another ship, down to right. a planet, down to blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. And so they were like, "We can't do that." Like No Man's Sky is kind of the first game that's done that. Yep. And even then, the gameplay is like they should have scaled it back. Instead mm-hmm. of making it this huge universe. But anywho, uh, so Ray Guns and Rocket Ships started out as me kind of thinking about all the things I loved about Star Wars and saying, how can I put this into a game? Right. Now, now that said, when I was a kid, I was star- – just like everybody else, I was starving for Star Wars stuff and there was nothing out. There was like a few things here and there. But in 1970s, so Hasbro, who had the license, they screwed up. They were like, we had no idea this movie was going to be so big, but they had the license. And so they had to, at Christmas time, issue essentially like um, IOUs to kids to kind of say, uh, here's if you buy this envelope full of stickers and this little cardboard thing that you can stand up with pictures of Star Wars guys on it. Because remember, Star Wars wasn't everywhere. And so as a kid, anything that had Star Wars on it, we were like, ah, we don't care if it's a piece of cardboard, we'll take right, it. With right, with a sticker on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah we'll I'm take in. it, man. It's yeah. Star Wars. I can just stare at it and because I love Star <laughs> Wars so much. And um, the first thing I did when I saw Star Wars was I ran home and started to draw cardboard, like paper dolls of the characters because I yeah. wanted action figures so badly from them. Yeah. So finally, the figures came out. They they issued this thing called an early bird set, mm-hmm. which was a set of Luke, Leia, Chewie, and R2 action figures. And But they they pre-sold these cardboard envelopes and, was, and they weren't delivering the figures till like spring. So essentially it was an IOU. Right. And it was this brilliant thing that all these parents were like, well, my kid loves Star Wars and he got to have something Star Wars under the tree. So yeah. I'll buy this thing because eventually – And then four months later, four months you're later get... you'll get these figures, right? Huh. So I didn't I, – but I didn't even know about this. My kid – my parents for some reason just didn't key into this. So four months later, the store the stores start getting toys and that's when I found them in 1970 – like spring of 1978. Okay. Right around Easter time. And I remember I bought my. I walked into my my mom's car had died. She had this real lemon of a car, and it had died for the umpteenth time. And so we were fortunately like two blocks away from the mecha- or the mechanic was two blocks away from the toy store. So my mom's like, "Come on, let's go look at the toy store." And I walk in, and all of a sudden there's this store that's like filled to the gills with Star Wars action figures I'd never seen before. Wow! Because remember, internet, no internet, right? We didn't no know internet. this stuff was coming. Seventy seventy seven. And I looked, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I want them all!" And my mom's like, "Well, we're not getting them all, <laughs> but you can get two of." them too so i agonized because there were 12 figures that right. were released at first and um and i was like uh well i love darth vader so i gotta get darth vader and then i'm like well who do i get and i'm like but you know luke 
it was Luke dressed as a farm boy and he didn't interact, Vader didn't interact really with Luke in the movie. So I said, well, I guess I'll get Obi-Wan Kenobi because he actually sword fought with Darth Vader. Oh, right. And you could play with him. Yeah. So I could yeah. play with him too. And my brother bought like Chewbacca and Han Solo. I'm like, don't you want a stormtrooper to shoot at? He's like, nope. I just want the two of them to hang out. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so those Fair were my, enough. those were my first two action figures. Yeah. So I, I ended up getting pretty much all of them. Like every Christmas and birthday, I would just say, I want Star Wars. All I want is Star Wars action figures. Yeah. That or Dungeons and Dragons. Those were right. the only two things that I wanted as gifts. And then, um, and then when I, then when I grew up, I, but so I ended up, Actually, near the tail end of the figures, there's like 90 some odd or 100 some odd figures in the series. Near the end of it, Return of the Jedi had kind of come and gone. And I was in high school and I'm like, Ugh, I don't, I don't, I'm like not a kid anymore. What do I need toys for? Yeah. But my mom is like super compulsive collector person. Yeah. And she was like, well, you got to finish the collection. So she bought the last <laughs> ones for me. Nice so this, work. Yeah. And to this day, I'm like, well oh, played thank, Mrs. Yeah, Rogers. Yeah. Thank you, mom. Mm-hmm. Because she's now I have a complete, well, almost a complete collection of the original figures. Right. Because of, thanks to my mom. Now there's one figure I'm missing and his name is Yak Face, but he was only available. Available in Europe, uh, and there's certain figures yak that are, face. yeah, yak face. He was like one of the guys in Jabba's palace. He looked like Joe Camel. Let me tell you something about these action figures and the fact that you know the names of all of them uh, is that whenever anybody, because I'll, uh, I think I was watching something and I made some comment about, um, oh, I was watching Star Wars. I was watching A New Hope, right. and um, good for you, <laughs> good for me. <laughs> and and I and I was live tweeting it for some reason. Oh, that's awesome. I was alone. And so I was talking about R2, uh, C3PO talking to the other, uh, C3PO. Uh, And I was like, so he's talking to the silver C3PO. And I got like a row of people telling me what that character's name was. Yeah. Every, all these characters have been, they've been named. Well, they've not been named. They have because of action figures. Well, not just that. The the role playing game actually was the big reason why a lot of this stuff they, so, so the role playing game, they would come out with these source books. And so it's like, here is the cantina on Tatooine. And so you walk in the cantina and it's like, all right, there's that guy that looks like a snail. And there's that guy that looks like a, a Dracula. And there's a guy that looks like a, a devil and blah, blah, blah. And, but so now these game designers, there's like, well, we're, we're making this source book. And so you want to know who all these guys are. And then they start making up backstories for oh. them, right? So now, but the problem is this. I don't, I don't remember who all the guys that made those things are, but they, they pretty much had, they had two tricks up their sleeve. Either they were a rebel or an imperial spy, okay, or they were a bounty hunter. That was it. Those were like those were like the only that occupations. Was a bar. Those are the only occupations. And and so for me, I'm like, like nobody's an accountant can't, just well, coming in for a beer. Well, can't just somebody be a drunk? Like there are no just dr- like why can't why can't Greedo the guy who shoots you know why can't he just be a drunk right or like yep. some you know some scumbag that happens to know Job of the Hut and he's like oh I know Job of the Hut wants this guy dead so maybe I'll try and capitalize on this right, right no, but no a- but he comes from a whole race of bounty hunters and they're and right. it's just like oh for God's sake. It's the stupidest garbage. Well, but it's also like it's when when people talk about reincarnation. No one's ever reincarnated. Oh, from right. Like, They're always famous people. Right. It's uh, it's always Cleopatra. It's yeah, never yeah. Neopo- like uh, uh, Napoleon has been reincarnated like a thousand <laughs> times. Right. A thousand people. Right. But around. taller. Right. Exactly. Anyway. But so, uh, yeah. So yeah. so I so I, I actually. So well, do you know their names from the action figures? Though, yeah. Or do you know pref- from the role play? I prefer the action figure figure names. Now the action figure names are <laughs> arguably a little more insensitive. So for example, you have Warus Man. Who is the guy in the bar that comes up to Luke and like pushes him around and then gets his arm cut off? Right. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, in the um, role playing game, his name is like Pondo Baba. 
But to oh, be they honest, named it. yeah, they named the guy. But to be honest, to me, he don't look like a Pablo Balba to me, right? That sounds like something you'd order at the at the Indian restaurant. Okay. It's it's not it's not a uh, so walrus man is, is just well that was the nickname that the guys on the set gave the character. Oh, because that's Cause how what his, his like makeup looks like. Right, yeah. Okay. And there's a snaggle tooth. So that guy had a snaggle tooth and right. hammerhead. That guy had a hammerhead and, you know, <laughs> cancer. I think one was like the terminal man because he looked like he had cancer. Right. And, and the insensitivity of, of these action figures are because because people the, actually have cancer? Well, no, the guys okay. in the guys in the 70s were just joking around and said, yeah, yeah. that guy looks like he's dying of cancer, so we'll call him the terminal man. I'm all right with that. Yeah, uh, it's fine. But it's... but to me, so to me cuz I grew up on <laughs> yeah. the the action figures and I also grew up on the they used to have these well, they still do. They have these art books of the movies. Right. And in the movies they have like the pre-production artwork and they okay. say, uh, you know, Greedo was known as the Martian for a while, right? right. So he didn't have a name, he was just a Martian. Okay. So, so in my head I I think sometimes I think of Greedo as he's the Martian. Okay. So so this is all the so this is what I grew up on. And then the role playing stuff didn't happen until like the nineties. Okay. So I'm already in college or beyond by the time and, this And there stuff was prop was there like ten years when you didn't buy action figures or no? So the so the thing is this, it wasn't that I didn't buy action figures, it's that they just weren't really there. So there's a period from about nineteen eighty five or six to 93 or 4. Right. Uh, no, no, uh, sorry. 95 or 6 is when they redid the Star Wars figures. So they, they, so Kenner was the company that owned, the, and they went, eventually they got bought up by Hasbro. And Hasbro, um, when, uh, they were like, hey, we should make Star Wars action figures again. And so in 96, I think it was, or 95, they, they essentially relaunched the line, but they modernized the figures. So if you look at the characters from that 96 line, it's called Power of the Force. The, they're much more, uh, the aesthetic at the time, this was when Todd McFarlane, the comic book guy was making, he had just started his company and all his, uh, toy characters that he made were like all super ripped and, and okay. muscular. And so the, the characters, the Star Wars characters that they remade, like Luke is like, oh, he's totally, <laughs> he looks like He-Man. His, his shirt's open. He's got all these, you know, like packs. Yeah. He's yeah. got packs and, and definition and all that. So, so when they first kind of came out, I'm like, well, I'm happy to see new Star Wars figures, but really, Really? This is, you know, this is... They're lame. Yeah, they were kind of lame. But I couldn't help myself. I still was like, <laughs> I love action figures. I love toys. So I so I started to get them. But as the, as the series went on, they started to redo them. So like Luke, you know, they slimmed them down and made them look more like Mark Hamill. And of course, they were making... They, these guys know how to, to, speaking of American Indians boiling every inch of a, yeah, yeah. Of a thing. They, I can, I can honestly, I, so I own a, a bazillion of these things and I can now replicate every scene in the movie in action figure form of the major what? characters. I can go, that is here's awesome. Luke Skywalker wearing this costume specific thing. And then like, if he takes off his coat, now I've got the version of him with this <laughs> coat on. And then if he puts on this hat, I've got the version of that, right? It's ridiculous. Excellent. But, but it's, I can't help it. I love them. They're, yeah, yeah. they're fun. I've played with them with my kids. We, the best thing that we ever do is we set them all up on, and then we take out the Nerf guns and try and shoot them all down. Right. Um, so, you know, I get a lot of mileage out of them. I, I sure. Still, I still have ones that I collect. But to be honest, I've been starting to sell them off and thin out my, you know, they're taking up space. So. Right, right. I mean, there's, there, it's finite. There's yeah, yeah. the amount of space that the world has. Oh, yeah, exactly. So what about, um, but when the prequels buying. came out? Oh, well, yeah, unfortunately. Did so, you, did you buy in on those two? I did. So when the first ones came out, Darth I, Maul one was cool. Yeah, he was cool. And the one that you could cut in half, there was a Darth Maul you could cut in half. That was pretty oh, funny. Yeah. yeah That's fun. awesome. And a Jar Jar that had a tongue that you could wiggle around. Okay. But, but I very quickly, 
was like, well, these characters aren't very exciting looking. They're kind of well, because the script wasn't. Well, but even <laughs> the even the character design, there were oh, it was a lot of guys in robes. Okay, you know, and so, so I'm like, well, maybe it get better for the second one. So the second one came out, and I'm like, okay, well, there's a little bit more interesting characters. You've got kind of that Boba Fett knockoff, and you've got the clone army and that. But but that movie was like bad. I mean, I came out of that movie feeling like somebody kicked me in the head. I was like, what? Yeah, happened? I never even saw the third uh, one because I couldn't face it. Well, the third it. one is good. That's what the, I heard. The third was the yeah, best of the lot. Yeah, it was. I was like, well, it's fine. But by that point, I had gotten, I had all these other action figures of characters that I just didn't give a crap about. Yeah. And so what I ended up doing was there's, um, there's a guy that runs an event at the Star Wars celebrations, the big, uh, convention for Star Wars that they yeah. have every so many years. And he does this great thing where they build these dioramas. Of, yeah. Like they'll build the Death Star, they'll build Cloud City or what job is Palace. And so what I did was I donated figures to him, just like boxes. Of these Here, things. throw these away. Well, no, it's <laughs> But he doesn't. No, he, he gives them, he gives them to the people to show and then they use them to, you know, hey, I'm going to. To fulfill their. Yeah, to set yeah. them up in the, in the scenes and all that. So I've donated hundreds of figures to these, <laughs> literally hundreds of figures to these, to these. So if you've gone to one of these celebrations in the past odds are you probably have one you've of my seen a scott action. rogers uh yeah uh, i didn't mark him or anything there's no way to tell but nothing uh, written on the foot like andy uh no uh, no yeah no yeah. toy story but but so the worst part is this um i so the the figures the original star wars figures were three and three quarter scale three okay. three inches and three and three and three quarter inches tall okay right so they're pretty tiny yeah and so recently within the past five or six years um, there had been for a very long time a call for bigger scale action figures. More now, like always, original G.I. Joe kinds? Well, like the, even bigger than that. The 12-inch like inch inch, Well, they'd made 12-inch ones. They'd okay. Made, they'd been making those for almost as long as they've been making the three and three-quarter guys. Okay. But the fans, the, the once again, the Todd McFarlane influence, he really pioneered like a six-inch scale figure. Sort of like that size? Yeah, yeah. More like the exactly Spider-Man? that size. Okay. Yeah, we're looking at a Toy Biz Spider-Man. Okay. Uh, or uh, maybe even a uh, – yeah, it's a Toy Biz one or whatever. I don't know what it is. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that six inch scale is very popular with the collectors. And so they were like, we want Star Wars, we want Star Wars. And, but they were like, but if we make it this big, A, it's a whole, you're essentially going to be buying them all over again. And B, we, you could never put them in vehicles because the vehicles would have to be like the size of your furniture, oh. you know, <laughs> if they were six inches tall. And X-Wing right. is now, you know, it's like half the size of your living room. Right. So, so they, they kind of resisted, kind of resisted. And finally they were like, screw it. it these idiots are going to pay for it. We're going to make them. Right. And so they started making this series called Star Wars Black, which was a six-inch line of Star Wars figures, and they just started making new characters. Now, but when that came out, I'm like, ugh, I can't do this. I, I'm a three and three quarter man through and through. I've got, a, I've got hundreds of these. I can't bail out on that format now. Right. right? So I, I said to myself. Even though you buy the white album in every new <laughs> format, every time. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm like that with Star Wars, right? Okay. I bought it yeah. on DVD and I bought, you know, like yeah. the, the soundtrack. I always bought every format. It's stupid. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, so when the Black series came out, they were starting to make. Um, they made like Han Solo and R2-D2 and Luke and that. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to go all in on the black. <laughs> You're just going to get the core. Well, no. Well, yeah, the core, the original 12, the ones that were right? – The original 12 are the orig- like – Not the original four, the original no, 12. No, the original 12. Well, so okay. the, original, the original 12 Who are, are the original 12? They're Luke, uh, Luke in his Tatooine costume, Leia in her white suit, Han Solo in his vest, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2, oh. Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then Darth Vader, oh, a right. stormtrooper – 
uh, the uh, Tuscan Raider, the Sam person, okay. uh, the Jawa, and okay. my, for some reason, my favorite character of all, the Death Squad Commander, who essentially are those Imperial Navy guys that have like the, the anti-aircraft helmets. But the pointier no, kind no, no, of they, black? They, no, they've got, they're like, they're like the guys that operated the Death Star, the gun, the cannon for the Death Star. They've got, they look like normal dudes, but they look like, they look like, they look like Nazis, right? Oh, and, okay. Sort of, but it was like a. Okay. They're like just like the, an SS uniform? Yeah, they look like kind of like SS guys, but okay. with anti-aircraft helmets. Okay. So that was like, those were the original 12 So figures. one of those guys is one of the original 12. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because they the, they didn't have, they had a lot of stormtroopers and Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, well, who else are we going to make? We do want to make the uh, old Peter Cushing. Nobody's going to buy old <laughs> Peter Cushing. And they never did. They never had made Peter Cushing in that original set. Okay. People were like, we want Peter Cushing. but they Where's never, Peter Cushing? But, but eventually they made him. And they've yes. made him a few times over now. Yeah, uh, now so, they've. So I don't worry. I'm good. I have a Peter Cushing. Yes. Um, but anyway, uh, so when the Star Wars Black came out, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get the original 12 and right. that's it. I'm going to call it a day. But the problem was this. They didn't release all like it was looking like they were never going to release Obi-Wan Kenobi. They were they hadn't released the Jawa. They, the Tuscan Raider hadn't come out. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's been like five years. And the other thing was the Vader that they put out. I don't know who sculpted it. I, I apologize to in advance. But it looked like it was sculpted by a monkey. Because okay. remember like when that lady Just- repainted that painting of Christ? Yeah. Uh, or whatever, and made it look kind of like that weird monkey thing. Nope. You never saw that? You ever heard about <laughs> uh, that? I was thinking of uh, the guy from Winds of War who was in the Holocaust. <laughs> uh, whatever. Anyway, so so the Vader, the sculpt, even though they've sculpted Darth Vader a million times, whoever they got to do that just did a, or whoever approved it, did a really bad job. And I saw that Vader, and I held, I was holding him in my hand in, in Target, mm-hmm. and I was looking at him, a $20 action figure, and I'm like, I cannot do it. I cannot bring myself to This is to the buy. dumbest looking. This is the dumbest looking. I have a million other Darth Vaders. They all look way better than this. And this is the straw that broke my back. I could not. So, so I ended up taking all my action. Fa- the, all the, the six the, inches? Well, yeah, all the six inches. And I sold it to this other guy who wanted them. And so, you know, I, was, you know, I sold them for what I paid for them. And yeah. so we got a good deal. And I'm like, that's it. I'm, I'm not going to buy these six inch figures. This is just not for me. Right. But here's the worst part. The worst part <laughs> is this. Now, so 2017 is the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. Okay. Right? And they, Hasbro and their brilliance, of course, has reissued these figures. Right. But now, A, they have fixed all the problems. So Darth Vader has a gorgeous helmet now. And yeah. the Princess Leia doesn't look like a monkey anymore. She looks like kind of sort of like Princess Leia. Okay. The, but then what they did was they put them on replicas of the original cards. The old Kenner cards oh, right, that right. I grew up with. So now I'm like, oh, so you're uh, kind of in. Yeah, you're back. And in. here's the best worst part. Right, they're mostly only making the original twelve figures, which are the ones that I wanted. Right. So now I'm like, all right, you have just you you did you made up for what you screwed up on the first time. All right. Unfortunately, now I'm buying them. So now I've already found a few of them. They're they've just come out. Right. They're, but there's still some that are hard to find because when they ship toys. They only have so much room in a box. Right. And so they do what's called short packing, which is some characters they put two of in a box and some figures they put only one of. So right now ah. the course, the assortment is two Lukes, two Leia's, two Obi-Wan Kenobi's, one Han Solo and one R2-D2. And the other worst part about it is R2-D2. The is, fact that you know how they're packed. Well, that's. Welcome to the dark forest, oh, Rangers. Yeah. I'm here with Scott Rogers, you guys, <laughs> at Mighty Bedbug on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. So the, so the, the core, <laughs> the, the other worst thing about it is the R2-D2 was a really hard figure to find the first time around. Yeah. And so he goes, the black series one goes for like a hundred bucks online. Okay. Um, and I owned him and I was like, Hey, I got one, but then I sold it to that guy. Right. So, so now I'm like, ah, uh, I had that, a Cal Ripken rookie card. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, exactly. We all have regrets. Yeah, we all got regrets. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, so now I'm like, now I gotta hunt and try and find R two D two, and I gotta find Han Solo. Right. And I'm sure they'll be everywhere. My my unofficial motto is eventually Star Wars is findable. Like they, right. they make so much of this stuff. It's not this. There aren't things so rare, particularly when you're making twenty dollar plastic toys. Yes. there's going to be so many of them that it's not going to be hard to find. You'll be able to figure. I'll it get out. them. I'll eventually get them. But the problem is, I vibrate at high speed until I have them, and I'm like, ah. want, 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 and I'm always. This is my struggle. I'm always crushing that want down because okay. otherwise I drive myself insane. What about a Force Awakens and a and the I did buy Force the, Awakens guys the new, the and new I bought Rogue One, Rogue One guys, but they're three and three quarters, so they're oh they are scale, so you're yeah. back to well they also made six inches of them the, okay. the black but no I uh, I have my little so the other thing I buy is I buy uh, the vinyl cases so when the figures first came out back in the seventies they made these really cool vinyl cases that you could store your figures in. And I oh I, like the foam that's cut out to well, look vi- like a dude? you know vinyl right but then it's a pla- like a hard plastic okay uh, uh, container and you put your figures in it and you close it up and it snaps shut and it more or less keeps your stuff in line right the f- stuff doesn't go sliding around too badly okay so they for some reason Hasbro in their infinite wisdom has decided to never make a good container to store <laughs> your figures in and okay. so. What I've ended up doing is I buy, I find like nice versions, like clean, nice versions that people are selling of these old cases. Yeah. And I buy, I'm, I don't, I kind of don't even care about the old vintage figures as much anymore. Yeah. I'm more interested in the cases because then I can use the cases to put all my new guys in. So right. I have about 35 or so of these cases filled with Star Wars action figures. Wow. Like the new guys. So if you go into How my, many fit in a case? Uh, about. Maybe 10? No, no, no. More than that. You can, okay. you can get about, um, I don't know, like sixteen or so. Or so are, are are they shallow? That's why they so they don't rattle around so much. Yeah, or? yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, there's two two levels of them. So okay, you get two trays, oh, two trays and that the, can stack. Yeah, and the fun thing is that if you take the tray out, they've got little pegs on them, so you can actually put the figures. They have holes. The figures have holes in their feet, in the so base. that you can stand. Yeah, so you can stand them up and put make like a nice little display yeah. of your guys all standing around doing nothing. And um <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so I've got you know, and I and of course they're all organized by um, thematically. So I've got my box of Luke's, I've got my box of Han Solos, I've got my oh. box of Darth Vader and Stormtroopers by character, yeah, yeah. not by sh- not by no, movie no, no, not or by, not by scene. Well, kind of by movie a little bit. Like okay. I have Hoth guys all together, like snowtroopers and okay. and Rebel snowtroopers. But then and then I have like all the Rebel leaders from Return of the Jedi, and they're they're in their box. What about that. vehicles? Vehicles. So here's the thing. Vehicles are awesome. I don't have room for them in my house. Right. I, so I have some that are like mint and package that are like I that like you I, just you committed to a couple uh, of vehicles. Yeah, the vintage is the bane of my collecting existence because I love them. They're great, but they just take up way too much room. Yeah. I have a Millennium Falcon that is no lie, almost as big as your couch. Okay. That you could open up and put. Um, <laughs> Stuff like the character, and it's like it's like right. this beautiful, perfect replica of the ship from the movie. Right. But I have no room for it anywhere in my house, and so it lives in a very big box in a very big storage unit that I'm paying every month to. to oh my gosh! Yeah, to just keep, which is horrible. That is and horrible. Which my wife, I'm sure, does not appreciate. Right, right. But at least you're not hiding it. No, that's true. Uh, I have a, a, a Death Star, yeah, and a Millennium Falcon that both came in. A Darth by chocolate ah. and some sort of, uh, li- the light. Just be careful you don't eat them. Uh, they were they two, can... they, they came in the, in the new Star Wars at Disneyland. Oh, right, right. At the, at the concession stand. Oh, yeah, there's fun stuff there's at Disneyland. The, the, the concession stand 
has a Darth White chocolate that came with a Death Star. <laughs> and I forget what the light version. The light side. Yeah, the, the light side was. Because, by the way, it didn't taste as good. No. More proof that people like villains more. Yeah. It's uh, really annoying. Put the Millennium Falcon and it lights up and it changes colors oh, and cool. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are a bazillion. You know, we will. I think when the world is destroyed, humanity is gone, and the aliens come down, they will think that we were populated by Star Wars action figures <laughs> and not actual human beings. Certainly near your house. Yeah, Wars Mans and Greedos lived on Earth, not not human beings. Yes. Right? Because there, there are arguably more of those out in existence than there maybe are human beings. Right. So Force Awakens and Rogue One, do they have old Han Solo and do they yeah, have yeah, old yeah. Leia? Yeah, they got old Han Solo, old Leia, and I'm sure they'll do old Luke. And I mean, they haven't done old Luke yet, but right, they will. Right, because he just had the last scene. Right, yeah, but that doesn't stop Spoiler them. alert, guys. That doesn't stop them. It, right. It, for showing up for two seconds in a film does not stop the Hasbro company from making action figures. No. And, and to be honest, though, that's part of the fun. Yeah. Part of the fun is that, like, one of the cool figures that they made was there's a character from Empire Strikes Back. So the next time you watch Star Wars again, yep. and you live tweet about it, yep. uh, there is a part where Lando Calrissian, Billy Dee Williams says, hey, everybody get out of the, the Cloud City. Oh, right. And so there's everybody just starts bailing, right? Right. And there's this one dude uh, who, well, we can't call him, I call him Space African because there's no such thing as African-American outer space. Right. right. But he's this, he's a black, black guy. guy. Yeah. That's holding uh, a, uh, essentially what it is, is it's uh, some sort of machine. And, and he just, haul, he's hauling ass down the hallway. Right. And fans over the years have like, when they watched the movie, they froze frame and they said, hey, that guy is holding a, um, a vintage ice cream churner, like an electric ice cream churner. Yeah. Like they figured out what the actual item oh, was. Oh, what the prop was? Yeah, what the prop was. Because it looked like spacey enough to look like They're a- They're like, uh, it's an ice cream maker, yeah, it's an ice cream but maker. we're just, so just carry it. So he's now, no, he has a name and his name is Wilro Hood and they call him the uh, essentially the ice cream man. And his backstory awesome. is that he was the ice cream maker on Bespin <laughs> and his like his special <laughs> flavor was Bespin Berry Crunch or something like sure, that. Sure, why and, wouldn't it be? And so for whenever Hasbro would say, well, Who's an action figure that you want to see made? Everybody was like, well, we're a hood. We want the ice we cream want man. The ice cream man. And so eventually, to their credit, they made the action figure of the ice cream man. Oh, my God. So there's all types of crazy uh, um, characters in the background that are action figures. Right. And that's part of the fun, though, is that you can then make a – you can make uh, – your You can recreate You the, can recreate the You scene, can reshoot so. the movie. Yeah. Well, have, which people, is people have. have, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, – didn't uh. people fix Phantom Menace? <laughs> I think with, with action, action figures? figures. Probably. I, I'm sure that it's – it's out there somewhere. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Because uh, there's trouble there, folks. <laughs> um, so, and then what about Rogue One? Uh, yeah, I, I, well, because, I, I really love the movie. So, spoiler alert on the movie: uh, it's like watching All Quiet on the Western Front. Spoiler alert: it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, it is awesome. Yeah, it was great. I, I felt like a kid again. That, is it what, out yet? Rogue One? Yeah, on, on DVD? DVD. Yeah, it just came out like this. Oh, week. okay. So yeah, so, when and I, this is April. When I watched this movie, I was like, literally, my wife was mocking me later because she said. Like every five minutes, I was like, what? what? <laughs> this character, what? Grand Moff Tarkin, what? Actually, the, the funniest thing in it was, <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed, but, uh, when there was, a, there was a scene where they showed Darth Vader's castle. Remember they showed that he's on that, it's on that lava planet, right? Okay. Remember that? So you saw the movie, right? Yeah. I don't remember Darth Vader's castle. Darth Vader is in I've the, seen it twice. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so there's a scene where Darth Vader's at his castle. He's in like the back to tank. He's getting pulled out and then the guy in white, um, uh, I forget who the actor is, but he okay. comes up and says, hey, Darth Vader, you know, uh, help me out here. And Darth Vader rah, chokes him and, okay. and makes fun of him and leaves, right? Yeah. But the when they showed Darth Vader's castle, so here's the thing about Darth Vader's castle. When I was a kid, like nine years old, 
I had this Art of Star Wars book. And in the, like the early version of Star Wars, Darth Vader had this castle and there's like, they wrote all this stuff in this Art of Star Wars book about we were going to have a scene with Darth Vader at his castle and it was going to, it was going to be guarded by these special guards and it was on this lava planet and it was going to be really awesome. And there were like maybe two or three drawings of like Darth Vader's castle. So since I've so this is three pages in an art book from three 19, pictures, one page from nineteen seventy nine yeah, or eighty or somewhere around <laughs> right. there, right? And and this idea of like Darth Vader having this castle, kind of like being Dracula or something, yeah. has like lived in my imagination for almost forty years. And when I saw Darth Vader's <laughs> castle, I lost. I am a I am a forty eight year old man, and I lost my shit. I was like grabbing castle. my wife. I was grabbing my wife and going. Darth and she was just like mocking me. And Fantastic. But it was it, it finally was, the dream comes true. Oh my god, it was such a. It, I don't that, think you're the only 48 year old man. It turns out. Oh, I'm sure there were plenty of other 48 year old uh, men. I think that doing that's what. That no, well. no, I think those two guys oh. created that castle. <laughs> yeah, we're also very excited. <laughs> that's what, well, unfortunately, one of them is no longer with us. That was Ralph McQuarrie, the guy who did all the concept art first. Oh, Star Wars. right, right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that movie for me was like. You know, I know people say, oh, it was nothing but a big nostalgia. You know, you were just preying on people's nostalgia and stuff what, like Rogue that. Rogue One? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck those people. Yeah, that's what I say. Uh, yeah, um, that's a, it was a great movie. It was a great movie. Just as a movie. Yeah. It was sort of like, um, you know, they say that all the different Marvel movies have different genres right, or right. whatever. Rogue One was just a war movie sure. and it was amazing. A, a war movie about Star Wars? Wait, what? Uh, we all Go, win. We I, all win. Well, for me, the, I have been waiting for Rogue One. I think I, I, it's not my favorite. I still love the original Star Wars. I still love Empire, yeah. but it's really close up there for me as like, you know, the top spot yeah. because it's everything I wanted to see in a Star Wars movie, which is I wanted to see Star Wars. I wanted to see a war in the stars, you know, and, 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 <laughs> And to be honest, for right? me, I, even though I love Darth Vader, the Jedi are the least interesting thing for me in Star Wars. I don't, I really don't care about the Jedi. They're kind of boring and dumb. And and I love swords, but mm-hmm. but that's about the only thing I like about the Jedi. Everything else I can give or take. Well, I mean the space wizard thing, okay, whatever. But but, but I like space swords. I like space wizards. Right. Uh, I'm good. But I like. But when I saw the attack of the clones with like a bazillion of them running at each other, I'm like, eh, too many, too many, too many. Yeah, and Yoda hopping around still annoys me to this day. Yeah, yeah, that uh, he might as much. well be Legolas riding right. on the backs of elephants. Well, or, yeah. anyway, so, um, so- or. Abraham Lincoln on the backs of horses. Exactly. I don't know if you saw Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. No, I still have not seen uh, it. I was really good. Historically inaccurate because right. he doesn't come to abolition actually until he was an adult. It's going on anyway. So, no, you're not missing a whole lot. But, well, uh, yeah. but I enjoyed it. But the, uh, um, what was the, um, the, but Firefly, yeah. for me, was Han Solo, the TV show. Right, right. And so I loved that so much. So Rogue One for me was such a, it felt like almost like, Part of the same universe, well, I'm right? Very, I'm very nervous about it, but I'm still looking forward to the Han Solo movie. Oh, it could be. It could. Well, the thing. What, what is it? What is it? A slice of life and Han Solo, the young man? They say it's like six years of his life. But the thing is, so this, it's young Indiana Jones. Yeah, which didn't go off very well for nope. me. Nope. And and to be honest. I kind of I, I don't mind seeing like an adventure of Han. Like I love the bit in Force Awakens where they're on the ship and he like had those horrible monsters and the yeah. the two gangs were saying, "Hey, you owe us all this money." And he, they're like, "Well, that, those two scenes are great." Yeah, yeah, that's like my favorite scene in Force Awakens is when okay. he's on that ship because I'm like, I want to see a movie of this. This is I want to just see Han Solo being a smart ass and smarmy and kind of conning his way through life, right? And a bunch failing of failing and yeah. then for some reason not being killed. Exactly, and like a bunch <laughs> of weird alien or 
you know, criminal types, mm -hmm. all, you know, him interacting with all these things, right? That's what right. I want to see in this movie. So when they said Han Solo movie, on one hand, I was like, if it's like this, cool, I'm in. But the thing is, I'm starting to hear little things here and there that make me nervous. And the thing that makes me the most nervous is when the president of Disney, Bob Iger, says, well, we're going to learn how Han Solo got his name. No. And, and yeah, exactly. No, I don't want his name not to be Han Solo. I don't want him to be like Norbert, you know. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't need to know that Stacey Leach changed his name to Cary Grant. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think it was Archibald. Yeah. Leach. And, and so, so, so now I'm nervous. Yeah. Even though the casting looks good and it could Who's be. Who's playing young Han Solo? Uh, some guy. Some guy who looks Some guy who's like not Hansel? Harrison Ford. No, he kind of doesn't look like Harrison Ford. All right. So, and but then they got um, Donald Glover being land like young Lando, so that could be fun, right? Well, you know what's weird to me is that so Poe, right? Uh huh. Poe in yeah. what was he in Rogue he was One? In, uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Yeah. So that actor, right? Isaac Oster Isaac. Right. That guy's got to be in his forties, right? Yeah. I, I would have thought that they would have skewed a little younger with that guy, but, uh, um, they clearly. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I like, that was the thing I really liked about Force Awakens was I watched it and I'm like, I don't know if I loved it, but I want to see more adventures with these characters. Yeah. And that was my, that was the takeaway for that. Well, like, all right, I'm, I'm in for two more. Yeah. You know, let's yeah, see. Yeah. I mean, they, they might colossally screw up this, the eighth one. Yeah. But I hope not. You know? Right. So. Could be, could be whatever it is. It could be another Attack of the Clones for all we know. Well, <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah, all right. Uh, Scott Rogers, it has been one hour. Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. Where did it course. go? Where did it go? Of course it went away. But, uh, hey, Rangers, you know the rules. Uh, let's do, uh, it's at Mighty Bedbug is Scott Rogers' Twitter feed. Yep. And then there's a Facebook fan page for Rockets, uh, Ray Guns and Rocket Ships. Yep. And you have a blog spot. I do. It's uh, RayGunsAndRocketShips.blogspot.com or just and put in RayGunsRocketShips game and you'll find it. No problem. And you can go to IDW Games and, yeah. and look around as yeah, well, they right? Have stuff as well. And that's uh, super fun. This has been fascinating. I'm excited uh, to play Reagan's and Rocket Ships. Or, or we could just break out the Star Wars action figures and play here on the floor. It's true. That's always good times. <laughs> and uh, all right. I uh, will do this again. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. And you, uh, you remember what I just said? You know the rules out there? Yeah. Take, take care, care of, of each other. Take care of each other. Oh, take care of each other too. Yeah. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. Thank we, you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?